Our guest today has truly lived an amazing baseball life, from not starting as a high school senior to a 14-year career in pro ball to two brief stops in the majors, to one of the most well-known and nationally followed speakers in all of baseball. Currently a pro scout for the Oakland A's and his long friend, a longtime friend, Billy Bean, and still spreading a message of confidence to players across the country. Of course, we are talking about Mr. Quality at bat, Steve Springer. What happens when you mix a career that's one half Rudy and one half Crash Davis? Find out on this episode of the Jersey Baseball Show. Welcome to the show, Steve. Um, you are coming to us live from uh, Staten Island, right? Yeah, buddy. I'm out. I got a scouting job a couple months ago, and uh, I got about 14 teams I have to cover. So I knock. I'm knocking out five teams in three weeks. I started in Wilmington, Delaware. Knocked out them in Jersey Shore. Now I'm here watching the Brooklyn Cyclones and uh, Hudson Valley. And then in six days, uh, Aberdeen comes into town. So I'm back into scouting. That's where you kind of started the the post-playing career, right? Yeah, I was on the amateur side. I, was, I played my 14th year in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, I always say I was a legend in the wrong league. I spent 11 years in AAA. <laughs> I feel blessed to say I got two hits in each league, but... Uh, I was going to play my 15th year. My buddy, Louis Medina, who's like an assistant GM for the Kansas City Royals right now, got a job with the Diamondbacks two years before they uh, even had a big league team. Right. And, and he calls me up and he knew they were looking for a scout in Orange County, San Diego. He's like, he, I swear he calls me up and he's like, dude, your playing career is killing your scouting career. <laughs> and it made sense. I was a scout like three days later. They offered me a job and, you know, my kids were like two and three years old and I saw what coaches go through. They never saw their kids. And I, I wanted to be a little bit more in my kid's life. So it worked out yeah. pretty good. Yeah. No, so, so what amazing, amazing uh, career, at least of the sort of the, the mayor of Tidewater, right? I mean, uh, probably the all-time AAA Mets leader in a number of categories. Um, but talk about, you know, your kind of road to, those two trips up to the majors, um, you know, because it wasn't the uh, the traditional what what you know our our you know our guys who are, are watching this would would picture you know somebody's a all star in high school you know hot shot you know top draft pick out of college goes to the majors you know explain to us your journey um, and how it really sort of led to you know your philosophy and 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 you know some of your you know what, what you want to get out to to everybody that you come across well i believe everybody's got a story and i love my story i mean i was uh i was a late bloomer when i was young and i was a late bloomer once i got into the pro baseball scene because you know i was that guy you know when i was 9 10 11 12 i was i was in the majors i, I was an all-star when i was 11 12 i did not um I did not grow an inch from the time I was 12 to 15 going on a bigger field. So things slowed down for me. Guys started passing me. They were growing. That's when everybody's growing like twice as fast as everybody else, right? Those are the Except huge. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. For me. And, you know, everybody's like, you know, I, when I start my speeches, usually, I, you know, I tell them I played in 1,591 minor league games and I had 1,592 hits. So I was really glad to see that. I had two hits in each league in the big leagues. Doesn't sound that great until I tell you what I was when I started, you know? Yeah. And that was my nine to 12. I was, I was a stud, but when I went into high school, I was four eleven, ninety 90 pounds. I was the smallest kid in the school. I made the team because my brother was a star of the team. Uh, I got three at bats. I coached first base the whole year. My sophomore year, all my buddies went up to JV and varsity and I stayed on soft frost, but I got to play some, I would rather play at a lower level than sit the bench at a higher level. My junior year, all my buddies are on varsity. 
and I was on JV, but I got to play some more. So my senior year, Mike, I was 5'8", 140 pounds. Uh, so I grew nine inches in high school. I was I went from tiny to small. I was still the smallest, you know, senior. But I'm going to show Mike a play. I didn't have anybody ahead of me. And but I had a guy behind me named Bob Grandstaff that went to Arizona State and got drafted by the Padres who stole my job. So I was a senior in high school. And I coached first base. I never started. And where I'm from, I got 50 colleges within 50 miles of me. And uh, I did not get one phone call to come play for. My brother, who was a stud, went to uh, Golden West Junior College. He was all state. I'm thinking the coach knows I'm coming there. He didn't have to call me because uh, he didn't. <laughs> uh, and I went out for the team and I got cut. You know, which is baffling how bad this coach thought I sucked. My, my brother's the best player on the team, and I got cut. So very devastating. I, I got a job at Disneyland working on the canoes. I was on the softball team, which my uncle was a supervisor. So I technically I'm still playing a little bit, I guess, uh, but at softball. And about three days later, my brother came home with the uniform because three guys quit. So I was 19 years old, freshman in college. I got three at-bats the whole year. Coach first base again. And I ended up playing in the big leagues, you know, so when I go speak, you know, I want to I want to uh, instill in kids, you're not too small, right? Get good grades. And, you know, there's, you know, what's Altuve, six, five. I mean, yeah. this guy's five foot six with a good pair of cleats on. It's not about being tall. It's about right. being a baseball player. It's about having body strength and working on those canoes for two years. I got some body strength because those things aren't on track. I, I credit them for half my, you know, career Disneyland uh, because I got stronger. You know, and then fortunately, I grew four inches when I was 20. And I don't think I need to grow four inches. I need to get stronger. You know, right. it's, not that, it's great if you're if you're taller and, and, and stronger, I, I guess. But, you know, I'm really convinced that I didn't need to get taller, I need to get stronger. But I got them both. And I went from a second string, second baseman to an all-conference shortstop in one year. One year. Yeah, I was getting recruited by everybody. Had a full ride to, to Long Beach State, UC Irvine, UCLA. My best friend, Rich Amaral, is going there, who spent nine years in the big leagues and didn't get uh -huh. there until he was 28 years old. You talk about grinding. Yeah. And um, my dad's favorite school is UCLA. I'm going to UCLA full ride. And it was the greatest five days of my life until he looked at my transcripts. I was a dummy. I hated school. So kids out there, get good grades. Let your ability dictate where you're going to go to school, not your grades. I had a full ride to UCLA, and I couldn't get in. Shortstop. I ended up going to University of Utah. I don't know how I got in there. Uh, I think I had to take a correspondence course that I never <laughs> passed. Uh, I went there as a shortstop, and the weather was a little bit different than California. I hurt my arm. Uh, so I DH'd the whole year. And then, you know, this is the best thing about baseball, whether you're in travel ball, high school, college, if you're lucky enough to play pro baseball, you're evaluated every single day that you play by somebody. And we had 50 scouts in the stands to see Rick Aguilera, Wally Jordan, and Corey Snyder, all 15-year big leaguers. And I went five for five with a bomb, two doubles, and five RBIs that day. And I guarantee that guy like, here, yeah. yeah. This guy never even heard of me. I, I, I first day I ever played the outfield in my life, I sucked in the outfield. The ball would be up there and be like bouncing on me. How do you freaking catch that? <laughs> uh, thank God the ball wasn't hit to me that day. And I got drafted by the New York Mets in the the 20th round. And uh, it's mind blowing. I've been in pro baseball for almost 40 years now because of that one game. Yeah, you never you never know. And and I think that just, you know, some of the things that you like to talk about is having that that approach every day and, you know, just never knowing when when it's your time, you know, you got to be ready every, you know, every day and be confident. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's all about that. It, it, we're going to we're going to compete in every game that we play if we're not because we're in the game. We have to compete. 
but if we're not competing with 100% confidence, then something's wrong mentally. And it's usually yesterday beat me up today. I went 0 for 4 yesterday. Now I'm 0 for 2 today. In my mind, I'm 0 for 6. I'm letting yesterday's bad game play today. And that's pretty much the trap of baseball and the trap of life as we let yesterday beat us up today. You know, and I, you know, it's like I said, that took me that long. I was told my whole life, you ain't playing in high school. You're not going to play in college. You're not going to play in pro baseball. Uh, you're not going to get to the big leagues. And I did them all. And this is what I, I feel my baseball life is the baseball version of Rudy uh, mixed in with some crash Davis, like you said, because uh, even though I got signed, it still took me nine years to get to the big leagues, to get those two hits in each league. And I, you know what that does? It qualifies me for that hundredth golf celebrity. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> I got them because uh, I golf every 20 hours now. <laughs> right. That's right. You got, you got old timers days. You're qualified for if you want now. Right. It's uh, uh, no, I can't. Yeah. I'm sure they want me there. I, once my movie goes, they're going to want me there. But, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, but anyway, so you get drafted in 1982, right after the 82 season, you, Kind of moving up the ladder pretty quickly, right? One year, single A, you know, Little Falls, the Columbia, Jackson, and hit Tidewater, yeah. right? And that's sort of, I guess, 85, right? And that's, you know, then you become what, what you know, we call or people now call, and they call it almost in a derogatory way, the, the quad A player, yeah. you know, good enough to be a triple A all-star and not quite good enough to, and people just, first of all, don't realize how good that is and how tough that is, but, you know, what do you learn mentally that, that chain, you know, that approach from spending, you know, really most of that, you know, kind of 10 years, 10, 11 years playing that close to the majors. Well, I, I, I believe I was a late bloomer young and I was a late bloomer. Once I signed, it's like Billy Bean's quote on my website. He said, spring, if you knew what you teach at 18 instead of learning at 30, people might know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, right, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, that's your friend, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, is Billy that great a GM? I'm like, when you're in with me for two years, you pick up something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Sort of. Uh, well, anyways, when I went to Little Falls, I mean, I wasn't used to playing every day. In pro baseball, it's five at-bats a day every day, whether you want them yeah. or not. And I've never been so tired in my life that last month, you know, playing 60 games in a row, let alone 140. And I hit like 246 with 11 home runs, just did okay. Uh, but nothing special. I went home and my brother got picked up by the Tigers and we went home and we lifted and we got bigger, stronger, faster, not taller. You know, that, that's, that's one of my things when I speak to Mike is, you're like too many kids just want to hit, 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 hit. No, get a new body in the off season, get in the weight room, get, you know, get, get, uh, get stronger, you know, work on your defense. Yeah. The low average defenders do not play in the big leagues anymore. You have to be able to play at least average or tick above average defense. And so I, I'm still an outfielder in my, my second year, I go to my first spring training and I, I, I barely made the low A ball team as the fifth outfielder. And I remember like it was yesterday, our second baseman got traded on May 1st. And I told the coach, I said, coach, I'm an infielder. Could I play? Could I play second? And he looked at me, paused, and he said, well, thank God you suck in the outfield. I go, I know I'm an infielder. <laughs> it lets me play second base. Everything's going great. Eighth inning, double play right between my legs. So that sucked. Uh, Steve Phillips played the, the you know, XGM. Uh, he was on, yeah. the, he was like a fourth round pick. And he, was, he had tools too, but he was almost in the Billy category where he had, you know, he was a perfectionist and yeah. imperfect's a bad word. It's a bad word in life. It's a bad word in baseball. 
right? What happens when you're not perfect? You feel like you failed. What does that do? It creates tension, anxiety, pressure. And, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, cut yourself some slack. And this we're not, not a game game. for perfectionists to, to uh, play. That's for yeah. sure. How, how do you get labeled a great player when it's all said and done? You don't be perfect. You, right. try, you try to be good every day. And at the end of your career, oh, he's a great player. Yeah. Anyways, I got another opportunity about a week later and everything was going really good. Eighth inning ground ball, double plate right between my legs again. Uh, but I got four hits that day. And anybody that knows, you know, you have to hit to play. I ended up playing every single day the rest of the year. I ended up leading the league in hits. I didn't even start like 20, you got 20 at best first month. I led the league in hits Had 50 hits in August. Vince Coleman led the league in hitting who could fly. Um, but I still didn't really know what I was doing, but now I'm sort of a prospect. I go to instruction league. I go home, uh, me and my brother, we lift and I go to my second spring training. Now I, now I'm playing with high A ball and I, and I see my farm director and he's like spring. How's everything going? I'm like, you know what? Everything's good, but you know, I just let a league enable on hits. I feel I should be in double A. And this guy paused, looked at me, walked away, didn't say a word. I'm like, wow, that went great. <laughs> um, but it did go great because then it, it made sense to him. And the next day I was in double A. And my double A team, we had like 18 guys playing the big leagues. And, and Billy was on that team. And Lenny. That was, that's was the, the Mets team that ends up being the core of the, the 86 team, probably. Right. Yeah, there were some players on there for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had Rick Aguilera on there and, uh, you know, Mark Carrion was on that team. Uh, Billy Dexter there for a while. Who? Lenny, uh, Lenny, me and Lenny and, and Billy room together. The next year I go to AAA. So we won it all that year in 84, double A. And then I went to AAA. So I got to AAA quick. Yeah. And, you know, and I spent 11 years there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at the time I'm like, really God, 11 years, huh? And now I know why he put me there for 11 years to do exactly what I'm doing right now. Cause I could be talking to the dad of a 10 year old, a high school kid or a major league all-star. My message is exactly the same on what I teach now with the, on the mental side. And, you know, I, I feel blessed to say I got two hits in each league, but I never got an opportunity when I got there. I mean, you can't tell me that I shouldn't have five years in the big leagues, but like Billy said, I mean, I figured it out when it's too late, you know, they're, right. not, they're not looking for a 29 year old utility guy with no experience when they got a 22 year old, that's a prospect, right? you know, or, or, you know, right. I, I went, I went two for three, my last day in the big leagues, in San Francisco with the Mets and got sent down before I put my hat in my locker. And they told me they're going to call me up in five days. I had a great year in AAA, 290, 16 bombs, 70 ribbies. And uh, two days later, they traded David Cohn to Toronto for Ryan Thompson and some stiff named Jeff Kent. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. He, he yeah. took the parking spot. He was 23. I was 32. So I get right. the business part of it. But, you know, everybody's like, how do you spend 11 years in AAA? Well, two reasons. One, I knew the alternative. I didn't want to get a real job. Yeah. And two, I felt I was good enough to play up there. I guess uh, you learned so many lessons there, too, that, you know, about the game and about the approach and things. And you realize at some point, you know, how fine a line there's got to be between, you know, uh, uh, prospects and, you know, guys who go on to make it and guys who don't. And it, it seems like, uh, you know, what you learned is really the biggest thing is just that confidence. Well, it's, it, you know, I used to think that baseball is about the mind, the approach and mechanics, all three important in that order. Uh, I've sort of changed it. I, I believe it's about the approach, the mind and mechanics in that order. Cause I don't care how confident you are and I don't care how good your swing is. If your approach sucks, you're going to lose your confidence and your mechanics going to break down. Mm -hmm. It's basically the second thing I talk about when I speak 
you know, I, I give my spiel to try to inspire. And then, you know, I talk about the batting average being uh, the biggest trap in the game. So it's really the third thing and, and it's hunting speeds and it's, and it's, you know, it, too many hitters try and hit everything. They're not ready for anything. You know, it's, if I, it's one of my little lines, if I, if I told you here comes a fastball 100% and you can't put a good swing on it, then go play soccer, bro. Like we got to be able to do that. But I believe sometimes it's, you, you need to start sitting off speed once in a while. You know, I mean, you hit a, you hit a, you hit a bomb your first at bat runners on second, or you're a bomber double your first at bat. And now your second at bat, you got runners on second and third. You think two out of three are going to be a fastball or off speed. Right. Right. So why are we sitting fastball? You're looking right. for something you're not going to get. Why like, you well, like, why, why the Astros try to cheat? <laughs> right. right. Everybody tries to get that edge, right? Not just the Astros, right? Because it's easier to hit one pitch when you know it's coming. That's why they're so cocky in their interviews. They knew it was coming. I would have been cocky. You know, I mean, I, when you know what's coming, now it's hand-eye coordination and fear's out of the question. You know, there's a little bit of fear factor in hitting. You got that guy throwing 99. It might be a slider in the dirt, but if I know what's coming, that fear factor goes down. How, I mean, how this, much, this is why we watch football, Mike, because, you know, they were afraid of a baseball when they were 10, not a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> how much of that is is part of the game, you know, or a big part of the game is that, you know, you see guys, you know, Bryce Harper hitting the face, um, you know, Kevin Pillar, who you've got a, a history with, you know, going back to his time with the Blue Jays, hitting the face. Um, you know, how tough is that to, to overcome? And, and, you know, both of them, you know, to their credit, you know, the, the first message out of both their mouths was kind of like, you know, hey, I, you know, trying to, to, to console the, the, the pitcher who did it. Um, but, you know, how tough is that? mental that that fear when you're when you're in the box and the guy's 60 feet away and he could throw he's throwing a baseball 95 well now everybody's throwing 100 it seems like you know right at you well i know it's real fear factor's real like when i was nine years old i got hit by joe willett you guys know joe willett yeah no you don't know joe willett right i do he was 12 equivalent of throwing 100 i was nine he hit me right in the back at throwing 100 and my mom's like i'm so proud you didn't cry i'm like i couldn't breathe mom smoked me Right. I had a little bail in me for a long time. Yeah. You know, you're going to know if your kid's going to play at the next level the first time he gets hit by a pitch. And, and I truly believe that. And nowadays, I mean, I don't I don't know why they're they even make helmets without a chin chin guard anymore. Like if I got a kid that's playing or if I was playing pro baseball right there, I guarantee I would have that little chin piece right there. That's really the only place that you could really get some big damage. Yeah, you could break a wrist or a hand bone. But when you start talking about the face and face. the nose and lips and you, I mean, no, I'm telling you, if they gave me a full on face mask, I would have worn it. I probably would have been a better hitter because I would have been stayed in there longer, you know, but it's just, it, it's real. It's uh, hopefully Kevin's all right. You know, Kevin was with the Blue Jays, but, you know, he had my stuff when he was 16 years old. And I know that because he set up a speaking engagement for me to talk to his college when he was in college. And he knows what I'm going to say before I say it. But but this is Kevin Pillar signed for a thousand dollars, right? Everybody thinks you got to sign for a lot of money playing the big leagues. No, you need to be a better competitor than you are a player. You, yeah. you need to learn how to show up at the right player every single day because every player has got two players in them. I got a confident Kevin Pillar who's a really good player, and I got a non confident Kevin Pillar who sucks. Well, he doesn't play. You know, how do we get the right guy playing is what I've been teaching for. And, every, and, and, and everybody who's played the game knows that, right? It's, uh, I mean, it's, Non-confident me sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and then confident me, it's, you know, it's, 
the difference between I bring in whatever you got, I'm going to hit it. Well, and for me, it's changing what you think success is. How do we get the right guy playing is what I teach. The more and more I, I, I learn and I talk to players and I did it, I touched it, I felt it. This has nothing to do with me getting three hits today. It has everything to do with me getting the right Steve Springer playing. You know, it's nine against one and we think we should get a hit every at bat. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in, if I'm a pitcher, I'm pissed off when you get a hit with those odds. But I, I, I believe that when we change what we think success is, you hit the ball hard, you win. Right. It's like I talk about the bad average. I called it Satan 20 years ago. It's evil, but it's not going away. But you just want to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. You know, when you when you change what you think success is, you play every day like it's opening day. You play every day and I don't give a crap mode about me. That's when you got the right guy playing. Augie Garrido said it's the greatest quote he's ever heard a coach say. And coming from him is my favorite compliment ever. You know, five time national champ. Yeah. And passed away. But he yeah. said, it's, it's a brilliant statement. Because we all know what opening day feels like. I got no yesterday right. beating me up yet. And then it starts on day number two. When I'm 0 for 4 the first day, now I'm 0 for 2 the second day. And now in my mind, I'm 0 for 6. And I'm letting yesterday's bad game play today. Yep. And, and I can't get four hits this next time up to fix my batting average. But if, so why am I worrying about that? It's the past, right? I hit three missiles right on the screws right at somebody. I beat the pitcher. The pitcher knows I beat him. Pitcher's mom knows I beat him. My bat average comes down like this. I think I failed, and now the wrong me starts playing. Right. And that's how it happens. So you get to the end of the career, start scouting. Where does speaking Steve Springer, you know, throughout the country in front of groups, you know, uh, getting the, the, you know, talking, trying to spread this message to, everybody who plays and I know it's something you believe is that everybody should hear it and I certainly believe that as well where does that part of your life kind of how does that sort of happen how does that originate where do you where do you uh you know where do you bring that into to starting to play where does your philosophy come from well you know I didn't come out of the womb with what I know you know, we, we, we talk baseball all the time. You know, Clint Hurdle was one of my mentors. I basically stole quality at bats from him because he would write a little cue on the lineup card. And I knew that if I had a couple cues on there, I'm playing the next day, whether I got a hit or not. So right. he was basing our success on good at bats and not results. And so that was huge. And then I had a guy named Tommy McCraw who pretty much changed my life. Uh, he was a roving uh, hitting instructor. He with the match. Yeah. yeah, he'd come in like three days a month. And I was a stud. He'd had me thinking right. I would talk hitting. You know, he, he was like my belief coach. He made me believe I was good. And I'd carry it for about three days. But because I'm a dummy, I would, I, I would forget it. But as <laughs> dumb as I was, I was, I was know that, that when that guy was around, I was good. Right. So the next time he came in, I think it was 80, 1987, I brought a tape recorder up to his room. He was nice enough to talk to me about me. And I listened to it because I, 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 I believe that we give ourselves too much credit to remember what we're taught. Like I give you my whole spiel, come back in two weeks, what I say. And it's like, oh, something about the bad average American athlete, you know, so your kid might be a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyways, I mean, I, I made this tape with Tommy. It's probably about 20 minutes and it changed my life. If I was in my car for the last seven years, I was listening to that audio. Because like I said, we give ourselves too much credit. Remember what we're taught. And I, I, there'd be things that he would say like two years down the road. And I'm like, Ah, oh, that's what he meant, right? And mm -hmm. I remember one thing he said. He said, spring one's hit and start. And I said, oh, and you know, Tommy, when I'm in the on-deck circle and I can really see the pitcher, and he said, spring hit and starts when you pick up the paper in the morning, you see who's pitching. 
you start visualizing yourself hitting missiles off this guy because the mind doesn't know the body's not doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a couple steps behind then. <laughs> and so I started doing it. You know, it's like what I talk about to my hitters is you don't have five at-bats a day. You got 27 minimum. Watch every pitch that pitcher makes, right? He's the test. There's not going to be a chemistry test in the fourth inning, right? He is the test. Watch the pitcher. See what he's throwing. What is he working that day? And anyway, so I listened to that and I, I, you know, I believe that, you know, I was MVP in my AAA team my last four to six years and never got a call because I was too old. Too old, but, yeah. But then, you know, after I became a scout for five years, I became an agent for seven years. Like Jerry Maguire's got nothing on me in the living room. Like I could talk. <laughs> and uh, my scouting director, Don Mitchell, was the scouting director who hired me with the Diamondbacks, decided to be an agent, and he knew me, and I ended up going over there. And so now I want my players to uh, get a mental game. So I was talking into a, a tape recorder, trying to put something on there that they could listen to, you know, and I let my brother listen to it and he's who played six years. And I'm like, he's like, dude, that's so good, man. He said, you need to clean that up. And so I went to a recording studio. I spent like 200 bucks and my wife was so mad at me. She's like, we don't have that money. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well I, I made it. And I uh, gave one to George Horton, that Cal State Fullerton Hall of Fame coach. I didn't know he was going to listen to it or not. And what I found out was a week later, they played Miami in Miami when Miami was the number one team in the country. And they swept them and scored 10 a game. And he said it changed the way they thought. And that's when I sort of knew I had something. And then I just started speaking all over the country for free. And, you know, you could count the parents. And there could be 100 players there. If there was 12 parents there, I'd sell, I'd sell 12 CDs when I was done for 20 bucks. You know, that's why I told all these guys, make sure the parents are there, you know, because little Johnny ain't walking around with a 20. And <laughs> then I ended up making a video and now I got two things to sell. And then I made a pitching CD, a parent CD, a Christian CD. Uh, I wrote a book and it's called my bundle now. And, and, you know, it sells when I'm sleeping. I'll call somebody up. I'll thank them. They can't believe I'm calling them how I met you. And then boom, yep. speaking engagement and you know it's a good little business plan but it's right it's right to thank people i mean you give me four yeah. bucks, so i'll give you five minutes of my life yeah <laughs> sure and you don't know who you're gonna meet you know i mean you meet nice people and and that's what i love about what i do i mean i you know i i was speaking great i i, I was the mental coach for the toronto blue jays for eight years and i ended up leaving to do straight quality at bats and then COVID hit last year no groups 80 to 100 kids and yeah you know, my wife's on full scholarship, University of Steve Springer, so she wasn't doing it. So I called up Billy and I said, bro, I need a job. And he's like, dude, we're firing people. I go, I know, but they weren't in your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear from him about six weeks. And and he calls me up. He's like, you still want a job? And I'm like, yeah. And so you know, I'm scouting uh, again with Oakland A's and pro scouting and, uh, you know, getting back in the hang of it. Now you get the chance to hopefully, you know, more this summer get out, but but start doing, you know, calls like this. I, I know you're going to do one with our guys, with the with our two teams in in a couple of weeks, and I'm you know certainly grateful for that. And I know our guys will learn a lot. You know, people associate you with hitting, right? Quality at bats. It's in the title. Mm -hmm. um, how does that message translate over to pitchers? How does that translate over to you know guys in the field? Well, yeah, it's quality at bats, but I, I branched out. I mean, I, I'm a baseball guy, man. I'm a belief coach. I mean, I, yeah. I want to make you believe that you're good. Why, why do I think I could talk about pitching? Well, I faced you 6,000 times. <laughs> I played behind you in 1,600 games, roughly. 
And I've been watching you scouting you for 20 years. And I know what yeah. it looks like, you know, do I know I'm getting you out or am I hoping to get you out? You know, there's a big difference, you know, it's like, just because you throw hard doesn't mean that you're a big leader. You mm -hmm. got to be able to pitch, you got to have off speed, you got to have secondary stuff. You got to pitch inside because of the fear factor thing. You, you, you know, I just, I just feel that, uh, you know, my pitching audio is good. It's about 20 minutes of me talking like I'm talking right now. Uh, I talk about some defense too. If you're not a, at least a tick above average uh, defender, stop dreaming about playing in the big leagues. It's not going to happen. You know, we need to work on our defense. We need to, you know, infielders, you need to be thinking two things. One, every single pitch is going to be a missile hit to me. So when it is, you're ready for it. And, and better yet, I want it to be a missile I hit to it. me. Yep. And it's going to be hit at me every pitch. And you need to be thinking side to side, left and right. Infielders don't get beat on balls in front of them or behind them. We get beat left and right. And I know we're all taught, get a little crow hop, and now you're jumping up in the air. And if you have any weight going forward at contact point, you're going to have to take a false step. I don't care if you're on the balls of your feet and hands on your knees. When that's in the balls in the contact zone, you're ready to go left and right, almost like a goalie. Um, and outfield, I don't want you thinking the balls to be hit right at you. I need you to get about a 20-yard circle around you in your mind, and it's going to land in that circle every single pitch. And you have to get a good jump. It's that one pitch you take off, and you're like, you're like, man, who's my girlfriend talking to? Oh, and all of a sudden you get a bad jump. Balls over your head, yeah. yeah and we lose the game. Like, how come when you make a great play on defense, but you're 0 for 4, but you save three runs, that's not considered one for five with three RBIs. It's the exact same effect as a three-run double, and this is why it's so valuable in today's game. Yeah. You know, well, why is Kevin Pillar going to be a 10-year big leaguer? Right. Like, he was the second guy in his draft to get to the big leagues for signing for 1000 bucks because he was a better competitor than he was a player. But his first three call-ups, maybe, he hit under 200. Why do you get the fourth shot? Because he's a cool close center fielder. I can name some, I can name some kids that got a call up, went one for 12, but their defense was shaky and they never got back up there. Right. Uh -huh. you, know, you gotta be a, you gotta be a baseball player. You gotta be a good base runner. You know, we're all we're so caught into the showcase, you know, uh era where, oh, what's his exit velocity? What's his, you know, what's his uh pop time? What's his, you know, no, and we're not teaching instincts. Because if you don't have instincts to play this game, stop dreaming about playing in the big leagues. It's hard enough to play in the big leagues with instincts. If you don't have them, you ain't playing there. When I was scouting with the Diamondbacks and I was a, a national guy, so I'd see the you know top three picks, but I voted on every 50-round player. So every scout came and talked about every one of their players, and I had to vote. I promise you, I asked them, how are his kids' instincts? If he fudged this much without saying good, I couldn't vote for him. Because, uh, like I said, it's hard enough playing the big leagues with instincts. If you don't have them, stop dreaming about playing the big leagues. And, and uh, you know, it's like it's like hunting speeds and, and getting a feel for what the pitcher has. You know, when you guys are at home and you're watching a game on TV, stop watching it like you're a fan. Watch it like you're going to get in that bat, right? Start thinking, well, what's he going to throw here? I guarantee you after the second inning, you're going to get way better. Uh, like the, the, the oh, oh fastball is almost extinct in the big leagues. You know, yeah. they're going to throw a little cutter and oh one fastball, one, one fastball, one, two fastball, two, one off speed, you know, and that that's one of my things that people like is too many guys, you know, they look for something they want to hit rather than what they're going to get. Right. Like how, how come we could all hit the breaking ball machine in the cage and it turns invisible during the game? Because we know it's coming in the cage. Yeah, it's coming. Sure. Right. That's the one data that I would want in analytics is what's this guy throwing certain counts. 
you know, odds. I, it, one of my favorite lines, and Trumbo said it's his favorite line, is too many hitters. It's like my blackjack analogy. There's too many hitters hit like they have uh, 16 on them. Oh, oh. You know, you don't know what to do. Uh, no, dude, you're splitting aces here, bro. I don't have to swing. Right. So why am I trying to hit 94 and 79 at the same time? Right. I believe that is that that is the the second biggest thing, other than walking up to the plate having a pity party with your confidence low because your your stats are low. It's trying to hit everything. You're not ready for anything. And and, and the other, the third thing, it's pulling pitches that shouldn't be pulled. And, and let's be a good hitter. Use the whole field. I can't tell you, Mike, how many ground balls I hit two o three one count hard right at the shortstop because I'm trying to pull a pitch pull that should everything. be pulled. Yeah, it was an outside pitch. Instead of driving it to right center, I was a right-handed hitter. I'm trying to pull because I had pull power. You know, instead of just taking my knock to, to right or my hard hit ball to right or driving a double, I didn't have oppo power. You know, you talk about being a tweener. I, I, I always feel I was like one step away from a million dollars. If I was just like one step quicker, it would have been a little bit better. But I, don't know. I, I love what I teach, man. I... I I, I believe in it like no other. I, I keep learning. I mean, I, I'm like Millie Vanilli. I'm a one-hit wonder, uh, but it's a hit. And I the one hit's it. a little bit better than Millie Vanilli's <laughs> one hit. And it's and it's real. It's not uh, you know, nobody's no, lip syncing yeah. it for you. No, I mean when when you have the best players in the world calling you, I mean it's it's unbelievable. I mean, AJ Pollock's like my son. I've talked to him his whole career. He turned Paul Goldsmith on to me. I played junior yeah. football with Nolan Arenado's dad. Uh, when I was eight. So no one's quote on my website is when I get into funk spring knows he's getting a call. Which is <laughs> awesome. He's such a great kid. They're both, they're all great competitors, but they're all great people. Like I'm not really hanging out with idiots, bro. I don't care how good you are, you know, and, and in baseball, it's, it's almost amazing. I've been in the game for like almost 40 years and I've probably met five guys that are absolute idiots. Most guys are tolerable and, and most of them are really good guys. Yeah. Sort of weird, sort of weird, but you know, and you're pulling for each other and being a good teammate, you know, and, and not seeing you pout, right? If I see you pout, I'm not saying you're soft, but it, but it sure does look soft. Yeah. I don't care if you get pissed off. How long do you get mad for? Those the question. And for me, it's one hitter. Without being an idiot, you get upset for one hitter and then get back in the game, take a deep breath and get your eyes on that pitcher. He's got a chance to be the hero in the ninth. And that, that's the whole thing for me, man, is when you play every day like it's opening day and I don't give a crap mode about me, it doesn't mean you get three hits. It doesn't mean you win every game. It means the right guy's playing today. Yeah. Augie Garrido, I never met him in 2012. I went in there. I, I knew their coach, Tommy Nicholson. I said, hey, you want me to speak to your team? He said, Spring, we need you at the beginning of the year. If we go 6-0, and we don't win our conference championship or don't get to go to our conference championship. Top eight teams did. We're the only ones not going. They almost got fired. He said, Augie's not going to pay you. And I said, I'll do it for free. I want to meet Augie. Right. Augie's like, what do you say? Bring him in. <laughs> so I, I go in there. I couldn't have spoke better. I got told 16 players to go stand in the corner. They would have did it. And I was about ready to leave. And Tommy's like, Augie wants to see you again. So I go back in there and he's like, okay, buddy, we're going to pay you for that. And I want you here next year for three days. So I went back there for three days in Austin, the same exact team with freshmen and not another person on it was one game away from a national championship and they didn't even make their conference championship. And he, he, he gave me the best compliment I've ever had from a, from a really good baseball man. He said, if you get your players playing and I don't give a crap mode about me, it's not about you. It's about you helping your team. Those are two completely different players. And now you play like it's opening day and you get rid of stats and you get 25 guys doing that. He said, that's brilliant. 
It's brilliant. And that's what they did that next year. They played like it's opening day because most people think they got a 25 man roster. Trust me, it's a 50. 50, sure. Because everybody's got two players in them. How do we make it a 25 man roster? How do we get 25 compliment players showing up every day? We get the right 25. We're unbeatable. Yeah. Well, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to get three hits, but you got the right guys playing. And I've seen it happen so many times. One time I was speaking to Notre Dame baseball team and uh they set me up something at night and all of a sudden the girls softball team shows up and <laughs> i've never spoken in front of girls i'm like all right hitting sitting they bought in they bought my cd they everybody had it with the word batting average wasn't said the whole year and they led the nation in hitting right like i'm trying to help you hit your highest batting average right the yeah it's ironic right by, by not not, well there's not a confident batting average stat and a non-confident batting average stat. that's one stat that has no brain doesn't know who's showing up right you know, but let's get the right guy playing. Let's get it more of a, a, a stat that, you know, where you're building. I, when I was with the Blue Jays, we had a quality at bat champion. We had a, we had three winners per week per team. And whoever had the most quality at bats got a gift card for 25 bucks. I was trying to get opening day mindset at least once a week, you know, where they could reshift. And I wish I could do it every day. But we had one guy go one for 20 and he won a car. Like, how does that happen? You got a hit. You got a couple bunts down. You got a couple runners uh, from second to third with nobody out and helped the team. And he had seven balls right on the screws right at somebody. One for 20. He, most guys, he's taking a break, hey, man, take a rest, man, clear your head. This guy yeah. had more quality bounce than anybody. Crushing the ball. And that guy's name was Kevin Pilar. That was Kevin, right? And we had an annual award with the Blue Jays. We were the most quality at bats. Got a, a, a big check and a nice max bat trophy that said quality at bat champion for their team. And our double A guy, David Cooper, had more quality at bats than anybody. And he hit 255, but he had 20 bombs and he had 80 RBI. So we had damage, right? And, and his favorite quote in what I teach, and I got a lot of them, it's good hitters line out more. That made so much sense to him because this guy lined out one time a game. Right. If you ain't that good a hitter, if you ain't hitting at least one ball hard uh, per game for an out, it's nine against one. It's that guy that lines out every third or fourth game. He's like, oh, I'm so unlucky. <laughs> no, bro, you can't hit. I get great at lining now. I get great at hitting balls hard. When somebody asks you what you want to do for a living, you tell them you hit balls hard for a living. If you get a hit, it's a bonus. Change what you think success is to get the right guy playing. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's, it's great stuff. I mean, you – you know, people talk about hitting coaches. You see yourself as a confidence coach, I'm sure, not one of those swing coaches, right? I mean, that's that probably has to drive you crazy, these these swing gurus. Well, I'm a, I'm a compete coach. I'm a belief coach. I'm going to make yeah. you believe that you're good. I'm going to try and get your mind right to play today. You know, there's a lot of good coaches out there. There's some guys that aren't, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really care about that. I, I worry about me. I'm yeah. never going to rag somebody to make me look good. I got an assistant, Mark Brooks, who could steal my identity. He's so good. <laughs> and he knows, don't ever give me that much credit and don't ever dog anybody else to make me look good. I, I believe in what I teach uh, like no other. Yeah. You know, when I talk about the big names, I don't mean to boast. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling stories to impress people. I'm telling stories to impress upon them. Why can't this be me one day? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, that's that's got to be the one of the big the big takeaways. Why, why can't it be me? I'm telling you right now, I was told my whole life, you're too small. You're only here because yep. you're brother. And now I'm teaching major league all-stars. So you can, you can save that one. <laughs> so, so this is a message that obviously we want to get out to, I mean, you already obviously speaking, you know, for years, but how can we, or how can anyone listen here, get to 
hear the full Steve Springer, hear the, you know, have you speak to their group, whether it's their, you know, their, their little league team, their, their college team, their Babe Ruth team. How do we, how do we make that happen? Well, I, I highly recommend getting my bundle. It's like I said, we give, we give ourselves too much credit to remember what we're taught. If you like what you heard about right now, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yep. Get my bundle. It has everything I've ever made in it. Uh, it's coupon code MLB40, MLB40. And you get everything I made for the, the price of a half a hitting lesson, 40 bucks. And That's then you get to listen to it whenever you want to listen to it. Yeah. So every time you listen to it, make sure you send me 40. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about it. Wait a second. <laughs> you get a 40, you get a $40 flip lesson and yeah, you got to go back and give them another 40 for another half an hour. This, this is the best deal going. Best deal out there. I don't mean it boastfully. It's, it's the biggest no brainer ever. Yeah. You know, and, and parents, you need it because you are your kid's number one coach, right? Like yep. if I need a plumber, I ain't calling Paul Goldsmith. I'm calling a plumber. Well, if my kid wants to be a baseball player, I need to get great at learning, you know, uh, on what, what he needs to talk about. Cause too many kids quit this game at 13 years old because of the pressure that's put on them by the one who loves them the most us, us parents and, and Johnny whack job, testosterone coach yelling at my nine-year-old to yeah. win the Burger King championship. And now all of a sudden we're just like, Oh, why, why'd he quit? And I'm like, cause you were a whack job. That's why he quit. So I want these kids playing with their man body, right? And not, and not quit with their little kid body, but I would start with the bundle. And then you're going to get an email to get in my online academy for like $99 or $98 for the year. We have over a hundred audios and videos to keep learning. And then if, you know, I got a mentoring program that's a tick expensive, but the kids that are doing it, love it. And um, I love speaking. I love doing a Zoom with somebody or a live version. I'll hit with your kid. We'll make his own personal audio. I do that a lot. And uh, I get a hold of me at quality at bats, all one word, quality atbats.com, or follow me on Twitter and, and then shoot me a DM on Twitter, quality at bats. Uh, I can confirm that works. Yeah. Facebook, right. Facebook, quality at bats.com slash newsletter. Get the newsletter. We throw out a newsletter a couple times a week, but you know, there's too much at stake if you really want to be a baseball player, pro baseball, or get a college education out of this game. That's the key right there, man. If you're lucky enough to play in the big leagues, bro, you're good enough. That's going to happen. But you can't tell me that you can't get a college education out of this game because coach, coaches are looking for players that get good grades. And get good grades. That's the easiest way to get uh, – people talk about how expensive college is, and that's the easiest way to uh, get some of that taken care of. You know, I was going to play a little bit, but you got to get get the grades and, and you can, you know, you can use this game to your to, to do amazing things. Well, let your ability dictate where you're going to go, not your grades. Yeah. I had a full ride of UCLA and I couldn't get in. So, uh, yeah, let, let, let's get good grades and, and, you know, work on your defense, get bigger, stronger, faster. And most kids, 99% of kids are going to be able to shrink two inches when they get their man body. It's not about being tall. It's about being a baseball player. And, and a total baseball player, but I uh, wrote a book springtime's in my bundle. I call it the bundle. So get the bundle for the $40 MLB, MLB 40, yeah. MLB 40, read the book. It's going to be a movie one day. So you guys might want to take a little acting class where we're going for the baseball. It's going to play you as well. Like you played yeah. Billy. Yeah. No, Billy said, who's playing you screech from say by the bell. Oh, <laughs> uh, can't say that now. I know he's gone. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I couldn't even tell you. I just want to try to inspire kids that nobody's too small. Get good grades. Be a baseball player. 
you know, treat people right. Uh, and then what I teach mentally and too many players that their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability. I know that for a fact, cause I seen it, I touched it, I felt it, I did it and I coached it. <laughs> yeah. So let's get the right guy playing every single day, hunting speeds and you hit the ball hard you win, you get a hit. It's a bonus. For sure. And I just want to uh, thank our sponsor here. Um, the, uh, the Edward Lesky company, um, builders since 1950. Uh, general Contractors, 908-686-7272, edwardleske.com. Uh, since 1950, serving the, the greater uh, New Jersey community with outstanding service. Work hard, work smart, and work tomorrow. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Obviously, amazing stuff here. Look forward to uh, having you with our guys in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, hopefully our listeners take advantage of you know, getting to hear, as you said, this really just kind of the tip of the iceberg today. Hopefully, uh, you know, wanting more, wanting more stories. What you say, like I said, you you said, I agree with, got to get it out. Everybody's got to hear it, you know. Bring the right guy to the to the field every day. You're, you're confident guy. I love it. I, yeah, and I, I truly believe that whether you're in little league, high school, uh, college, pro baseball, it doesn't matter. I mean, we, we got to get the right guy playing. When I speak, I'll get a guy, well, what's the youngest age you want to speak to? And I'm like, there is no young age because I'm going to talk to that parent. And it's yeah. like I said, that parent's kid's number one. More important, right? Yes. I mean, uh, I, I've heard so many st ridiculous stories about, you know, trying to win the Burger King championship at eight, <laughs> yelling at kids. And, and now the kid quits. When you yell at a kid under 12 on a baseball field, you are not coaching him. You are humiliating him in front of his peers. And yeah. I'm not talking about everybody gets a trophy because I don't believe that either. I want to win too. But when I coach my 12 year old, all or, uh, a team with Rich Amaral, we put little cute stickers on the back of their helmet if they had a quality at bat. Guess what? No crying. What about getting a hit anymore? It's about Make getting want to keep playing. You know, that's really the biggest thing. Yes. And keeping it fun. Baseball should not feel like you're, or softball, like you're in a three hour timeout. Nobody's in trouble. Right. Keep, keep it fun. Spring, I appreciate it and have a uh, fantastic rest of the day. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Mike. See you Absolutely. soon.